welcome to Consumer Culture, the show where apparently I can't make this joke anymore because the last time I did, Jesse thought it was okay to play video games while we recorded. Hello, Jesse. How are you? Is my is my mic on? Is my mic good? Are, we, are we good? Are, can we, can we get can we get somebody in here? Can we fuck what? it? We'll do it live. Oh God. <laughs> was that a part of the '90s documentary you were watching? I feel like it should have been. <laughs> Like, yeah, it, it that had, was like 98, I think. Was Unplugged, like motherfucker. No. God. <laughs> Jesus God. Christ. Uh, how are you, Jesse? I'm doing great. And today we are continuing our Other yeah. Wonders saga into the 90s with... Um, Some bangers. Bas- basically, the one-hit wonders that raised us, more or less. Um, yeah. Songs like, that just we can handful. be like, holy shit, I remember this when I was yeah. eight. And then you rediscover when you're 15, and now yep. that we're in our 20s, we, like, listen to it every other day. Yep. Go oh God, there's a station on Sirius uh, called Pop Rocks. Yeah. And it's, like, all of the, like, rock and rock-adjacent songs that mm-hmm. got super popular from, like, 1990 to, like, 2003. That's perfect. And, boy, let me tell you, that is that station is just, like, a warm security blanket sometimes. Yeah. Like, oh my god. That's like eight of the ten songs on here because... Oh, yeah. What I, what I look through when running down, it's like, man, 90% of the one-hit wonders are alt-rock songs. Well, like, listen, I, Jesse, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, Nirvana was really popular. <laughs> like, honestly, that's and, what it comes down to. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, and, yeah, watching the music part of the 90s documentary on Netflix right now from CNN um, they talked about that and I never really thought about because usually fo- um, when I focus on music history I went the linear of the hard rock part and it talks about grunge and the post grunge but you know what came with post grunge is um, you know the punk revival and also Britpop invasion with like um, Radiohead and Oasis and all that yeah and so um, we're going to see different parts. Uh, uh, something very curious um, with most of these songs, as far as I can tell, um, at least with me, a lot of the secondary, the other Wonder songs we're going to listen to, I feel like they could have, should have also kind of made certain splashes. And the only thing I can really think of why they didn't is just bad luck of the draw of oversaturation. Yeah. Because yeah. there's actually one on here that I absolutely like more than the hit, and we'll talk about that when we get to it. Um, yeah, like I, I think a lot. There are several of these on here where it's like, oh, this song got popular because it's like this other band that like right. had a long lifespan, and like if it wasn't, if this didn't sound like, if X didn't sound like Y, then it wouldn't be even be a one-hit wonder, uh, which right. is something you didn't have much in the '80s. Uh, yeah. But, Which you know, I think oversaturation is, really is huge. But I also think it's just the market where, like, this band could have made it too, but there was just, you know, too many other bands like them. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, we're going to play a little bit of the song, then I'm going to pull it down and we'll talk about it. We're going to listen to the song, the band's hit, and then we're going to listen to the other song. Uh, so, first up.
like many, uh, many one-hit wonders. It's just one of those great bad sing-along songs. God, it's so good. Bye. This is like there are several songs on this list, right? That are karaoke bangers. This song is a karaoke banger. Flagpole like, Sitta by Harvey, Harvey Danger. Danger. Like, uh, Which, you want to know the most on-brand thing for me in the world? What? My first exposure to this song was as a part of a Weird Al polka. I believe you. Yeah. Yep. No. Yep. Yeah, the Angry White Boy polka, right? I, I believe it was the Angry yeah. White Boy polka. I think that might have been my first exposure to that it. That was on well. what? Running um, with Scissors? Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. It would have been... Well, Poodle Hat, 2000. No. Maybe it was Rowan with Scissors in. Let me see. No, I'm curious. Yeah. Let me see. But, um, I'll talking head for a minute. Polka Power uh, was... Flagpole... Yeah. Oh, yeah, because okay. that one... Oh, my God. There's multiple Weird Al Polkas songs. are the best. Weird There's Al multiple songs. The polka Power off of Running with Scissors from 1999. Multiple songs on that polka are on my soundboard right now. Cause, 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 who had their finger on the pulse more than fucking Weird Al? There are three songs, three songs on this polka that are on my soundboard right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, so yeah, this song is so good. And like, this is because what? What year was this? 1998. Nah, 98. Um, it so, charted like, uh 38 on the airwave chart which is basically the same thing as i 100 because they were trying to keep up with all the massive radio play they were doing in the 90s yeah um it charted like nine in canada because i think they're from canada um and that was about it they hit other countries but like yeah this was mostly just an american thing america or a north american uh deal um but yeah, I've rediscovered and rediscovered this song multiple times until like about three, four years ago, and I just like kept it forever after that, and I was like, this song is fucking great. Yeah, it's just, like, honestly, it this doesn't surprise me that this is late 90s. Yeah. Uh, because this feels like we are on the other side of the, like, Nirvana, Stone Temple Pilots, everything sucks, and it's just like, how about we have, like, a bright, fun rock song that we can all jump around and have fun with. Yeah, but and it's like, also super, like, crudely sarcastic and well, ironic. yeah, but, like, you know, nope, like, since when is, like, you know, fucking... I want to publish but, zines than Rage yeah. Against the Machines. Oh, yeah, like, look at one of the <laughs> other songs on Polka Power by Weird Al, Semi-Charmed Life. That is also a oh, song yes, that is very bright and fun yeah. and poppy, but the lyrical content isn't that. Man, and the only reason why that song's not on here is because Third Eye Blind has three hits. <laughs> Listen, Third Eye Blind has as many hits as they want to have. Because, they're, they're, again... They're really good. Again, um, bangers. Yeah, so you know the closest, I think, band, super, uh, big popular band at this time that uh, Harvey Danger reminds me of? Because actually, when I rediscovered this song like four years ago, I listened to this first album. And it is a lot like um, Green Day. It's very... Yeah. Very like cynical pop punk alt rock, and it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I really like this, but I think more volumes are spoken with the only song that remotely came close to charting with only like number 27 on the US modern rock uh hits, which is the lead single from their 2000 um sophomore record, mm -hmm. which is Sad Sweetheart of the Ro Rodeo. 
Men. <laughs> Before those lyrics kid kicked in, I was like listening to this the first time. I was really just like, oh, it's nice of Jesse to put a Foo Fighters song on there for me. Oh no, absolutely. Like, um, <clears throat> but then these lyrics are like the most bohemian counterculture, yep. sensical like stuff. It's great. Like, like this makes me think, um, very jokingly, that Harvey Danger would be like your favorite nonconformist band's favorite nonconformist band. <laughs> So, so, what you're saying is, the, this is just like uh, you. It, an easier way of saying that is just like just the most insufferable shit. <laughs> I mean, I like this. But... Listen, don't get me wrong. It's a very I, I I enjoy the song, but like I understand why it didn't hit. Like, it's oh, really I think it was good. a little too much for people. Like, yeah, it's really good. It was a little too much, but also it wasn't different enough. Because like. I hear yeah, like, this, that's the and big I thing. Hear, yeah. I, I hear a lot of, I hear Foo Fighters, I hear Third Eye Blind, I hear a Green lot, Day. I hear Green Day, I hear a lot of other way more successful bands. Like that kind of shit, that, that, doesn't, really that doesn't fly enough, but the Marlboro man died of cancer. He wasn't yeah. a rocket scientist when he was healthy either. Ha ha ha. Like, like it's just some kind yeah. of like indie play that people aren't gonna go see <laughs> except your friend. It's American Idiot before American Idiot. Oh, oh yeah. There, yeah. There's a lot of that, but not enough. Like, not catchy enough. Even though yeah. I still do really enjoy it, and it I, does kind of make me want to hear yeah. the whole. It does make me want to hear the second album to see what else they have to offer. Yeah, like it's a really good song. Like I, it's it's a fun song to listen to. But I, I think totally a lot of people, when they heard like this was the follow up to Flagpole Sitter, more or less, they just rolled their eyes and like. Nah. Also, uh, this is what two thousand. Yes. I, I feel like that at that point the ship had just sailed. Like, oh yeah, yeah. If, They're a little late to come yeah. in at nineteen ninety eight. Like if they had come out in like ninety five, ninety six, they might have had a little more success. But I think yeah, you're absolutely right because new and, metal like, just swooped the fuck in. Yeah, and, and I, I that's would what say people that, were pay attention to. And I would say that like if they had had if they had had another hit off of their first album. Like, yeah, like they nothing charted after this. Like uh, they had another song called Private Helicopter and I listened to it and it's okay. Um, but it didn't chart at all. They had a single for the two hundred cigarettes movie soundtrack. The called what? Save it for later. Yeah, I don't know. It's a movie called Two Hundred Cigarettes, I think. It says two hundred cigarettes soundtrack. Yeah. That's a it's a movie, nineteen ninety eight, comedy. Good lord! Oh boy! Yeah. Wow! Yeah, this looks like a super like culty both um, thing. Both it's got... Affleck, Dave Chappelle, Courtney Love, yeah. Christina Ricci, Paul, Paul Rudd. Rudd. Yeah. So they oh just crammed. God. Yeah. So it's one of those movies. But this is before all of those. Well, no, this is ninety nine. So Ben Affleck was pretty big by then. It made its exact budget back. Yep, six, $6 million. million. Six million. <laughs> Good lord. But yeah, it's one of those movies. It has Elvis Costello in it. What do you expect? Uh, <laughs> all right. So I have a question, Jesse. Yes. Would this uh, would this next song be on this if I hadn't played no. it on our last episode? No, I did. This is what I did for you. This was for you. Okay. <laughs> Didn't even have to pull this song. I just because you already had it. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs>
saw a man brought to life. He was warm. He came around like he was dignified. Like okay, so I talk a lot like, in the last episode about the like the the power ballad fist yes. about like if you're listening to like R.O. Speedwagon and like fucking keep on loving you or fucking here I go again, you gotta yeah. have that like fist out in front of you. I'm gonna argue that the chorus of this song is a power ballad fist chorus. It's not traditional, right. Like, you don't have I, the you don't have the fist so hard that like your veins are popping out, but you still got it because like I would you're feeling this. I, I would have both my hands in the air and just kind of shimmy them around back and forth. I mean that's that's feeling, true. You know, as is feeling as the is, rain with my fingertips. As is the culture with white people, uh, <laughs> right? Because we have no rhythm. Yes. Uh, um. So torn by Natalie, Natalie Imbruglia. Imbruglia. Which is a cover so, that nobody knows right. about. We're gonna I want to ask you something, of, though. We're going to do an episode of covers you didn't know were covers one day. Yeah, and then we'll add this just because it's be cheeky. <laughs> Listen, you know, it's, we'll, we'll have the first consumer culture hat trick. Nice. Um, so, uh, I, I want to ask you a question. Where do you think this charted in the U.S.? I don't know, probably like 15 or something like that. Okay, so she's Australian, and it hit number yeah. two in Australia. Yeah. It only hit number one in Sweden. Okay. Um, number two in, like, four countries, UK, Italy. 42 in the U.S. Really? That's interesting. It's is the this only song... one not in the top ten in the con- in its countries. It's very confusing. Because this song got played everywhere, all the time. In like, everything. Like, I'm sure it's I... in, like, 12 different Dawson Creek episodes or yeah, something. Yeah, like, I remember <laughs> listening to... Fucking like, a lot of these songs, like we would listen to FM 100 in Memphis. You're, you're fucking, you're home for the hits of the 80s, 90s, and today. Uh, yeah. And like, th- th- it felt like every hour on the hour. And like, n- this is what 97, 98. Uh, yeah, this is 97. Yeah, it October. felt like I, like when I was like between seven and nine. Every hour on the hour, FM 100 is playing fucking torn by Natalie and Bruglia. Yeah, you know what's really interesting here? Um, so, yeah, it came out October 97, and it says here, um, according to uh, the U.S. charts, it was the most played song in 98. Yeah. So I wonder if, like, it just didn't make anything, and then after the fact, it just played, got the shit played out of it? I guess. And also, like, you know, because Billboard counts, like, single sales and stuff like that. Right, right. And maybe because it was getting played so much, people didn't go out and buy the single. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. This is the hardest decade, because this yeah. is when um, album sales matter more than anything, like we talked about last week last time with the Counting Crows and stuff, how they yeah. technically didn't have any hits, but their first album sold six platinum and shit. Yeah. Um, and just different stuff like that. Radio, and they and that's why they created the U.S. Uh, uh, radio play, airplay charts, but even then, I, I really don't think they kept up with it as much as yeah. they could. Like, they could not do it, because I bet you that, and the, you know, this is 100% a guess, but I would not doubt it if in the 90s, like when Nirvana hit, that radio uh, play, like radio stations, like doubled, like popped up all across the country oh, yeah. more like, than the 80s. Oh, yeah, like, like radio stations. Because, like, 
because it was the proliferation of the corporate radio station and the mom and dad radio station kind of went away because you had stuff like Clear Channel. That this just... is where college radio stations started. That's really what it probably yeah, was. Like, so every like, like 300 colleges across the country suddenly had a radio station I mean, playing true, this stuff. But also, listen, did you ever listen to Rebel Radio at Ole Miss? Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, no, it wasn't great, but I yeah. Well, something it, it, tells me in bigger, better cities, the college radio well, is okay. better. I think it is. It was the the '90s was the unification of the radio because yeah. every major radio station across the country pretty much all got bought up by one company, and yeah. so they all got homogenized, and so they all started playing the same music because they were just under the same corporate umbrella. You didn't have these super unique radio stations. Or you did, but they were fewer and far between and not super popular. Like, your main stations, your 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 country stations, your rock stations, your, you know, pop hit stations. Yeah. All just kind of ended up under the same umbrella and all got homogenized and were playing the same thing. Because uh, And that mostly happened in the 90s. Because the 90s is, is you know, yeah. after the Reagan uh, deregulating everything and just allowing corporate culture to pillage america as they see fit so the second song by natalie and bruglia boy <laughs> there's all right this. Yeah. There's no sign on the gate. all right listen <laughs> we already had one alanis morissette album hello, we didn't hello, even alanis. like this is just Alanis Morissette. Like, Australian Alanis. Um, that, like, his, like, torn yes. does not strike me as Alanis Morissette at all. Like, it is, it's, I wouldn't say it's whole unique, but it doesn't give me that vibe. Right. This, this definitely does, but I still like it for that. This is the same album, too, right? Yes. Is this the, uh, same the very second, is this the second single after it. Um, Big Mistake, it charted okay. six in Australia. Yeah. Like, it's just, this is what, two or, does Jagged Little Pill was 94? Yeah, so And this definitely. is 97? Yeah, and that was a big thing in the 90s documentary I watched, is like Alanis Morissette basically allowed women like this to get record deals. Yeah. Because they wanted their own Alanis it's, Morissette. Again, a very 90s thing. It's like how Alanis Morissette yes. allowed people like this to get deals in that... Quentin Tarantino allowed people like the Boondock Saint guy to make a movie where it's like right. one person comes out of nowhere and hits big with something and so then you have oh, a billion yes. copycats and they get blank checks. Yeah, and that yeah, that's, that's a that very was the 90s, 90s thing. for everything. Yep. Like, like everything. How many movies and like how many and... dialogue heavy heist gone wrong movies were there in the 90s? A lot. <laughs> exactly. Um and there were two good ones. Sold, First point blank. Uh, but yeah, this is like, oh my god. This still sold gold in Australia, though. Um, it never charted again in the U.S., really, ever. Did um, this get any traction on the charts in the U.S.? None. No, like, none of her songs did. It was just touring. Wow. That was it. Yeah. Um, but she still charted a lot in the U.K. and stuff up until 2005 in the U.K. and Australia. Interesting. Um, yeah. She, that doesn't, um, I, I, but, like, that's like... Aha, you know it's like no, yeah, of course yeah, you yeah. get because it's your home, it's your home country. Yeah, so good, good for her for last. You know, it's super interesting. Mm -hmm. um, again, we're talking about the radio thing. Uh, there's not an American um, certification for torn. Um, it's not gold, platinum, nothing. 
Um, she's her first album sold seven million five platinum in Australia. Yeah, but it didn't. Um, it has double platinum in America. Her album does. Yeah, but overall, yeah, she was more. Um, you know, think a lot about the uh, the American culture, looking through VH1 and stuff like that. But she was more of an international uh, star than just an American hit, more so. Yeah, I can see that. You know, because, like, she's good. Like, this is a competently made song. Like, it's yeah. not bad. It's a very it's, good Alanis Morissette song, just which Alanis, is fine. Like, it's, she has, like, it's not just that, like, it's like she has the same, she has the same vocal yeah. tics. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The like shrill, she, yeah. the shrill aggressiveness. And yeah, 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 yeah. And the, like, ending words with, like, a, yeah, like, it's I will, so weird. I gi- will give a slight argument. You're talking about Torn doesn't sound like an Alanis Morissette song. I think that's because of how much better she can sing in tune than Alanis. But, I can see that. Uh, uh, but, yeah, like, it's, and also Torn is a cover. Uh, and yeah. so it wasn't written, like, from the ground up. Like, yes, this is a song too. she wrote from the ground up. Yeah, who knows what else on this album, because, like. Right? God, this—it's just Alanis Morissette. It's but but to be perfectly honest, in the '90s, we at least needed as many as we could get. Oh, absolutely. Um, but female I... exposure was still very janky in oh, the yeah. '90s. But it's really interesting. It's one of the songs that we'll get to later. Their hit sounds a lot like an established song, and or established band, and the yeah. other one didn't and didn't get any traction. Right, right, uh, right. Oh, yeah, so... that's a lot of this. Yeah, and so from here we go to another banger. What a good song. What a this, um, good 90s song. The most fucking, 90s. Did you know the name of this band before I just showed it to you? I <laughs> vaguely somewhere in my brain. Yeah, e, like the next the next two just have three letters. This yep. one's EMF. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Number 1 in the US because it's 1990. We didn't know what we wanted just yet and so So this was it's 90. Snuck in. This was 90 on the dot. Yes. That makes sense because this is the most '80s song we have on the list. Oh yeah, it's like it's like right said Fred, but yep. like not as metrosexual somehow. Yep. Even though it is still like I, I, I imagine I, like this could be one of the best like gay rave songs. I was about to say Jesse, <laughs> Jesse ain't nothing metro about right said Fred's sexuality. Let's be real. <laughs> That's uh, very fair. <laughs> but yeah, like anyways, it's like this fucking bridge. It's. Like it's it's very like hip hop sensibilities while still being a non threatening British white guy. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's not as much hip hop as just like oh he's rhyming for a minute. That's cool. Oh yeah, it's like um, his 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 cadence. No, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Because very, he's, you, you, know, you can hear his accent. 
Yeah. And it's very like it's a very hip hop cadence, like the way he especially the the, the that bridge. But like it's just so weird and breathy and accenty, yeah. and like it shouldn't work, but it it's does. It's very smooth. I yeah, like, like it very I, smooth. It, like I, it, this song should not work the way it does, but it really does. It's so good. It's because they're from Manchester. Oh yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> I miss Neville. Um. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. But All right, so from there... These guys really like the word believe. They do. this song is called I Believe. It came right after... If I'm um, not mistaken, this song starts with farty synth. Because we had a song that, yeah. last time that started with farty trumpet. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, no, hold on a second. Also, in, the, in Unbelievable... Yeah. Here, let me do it again. That that duck duck duck. That's the cowbell, right? No, no, no. Behind the cowbell. Oh, what is that? Like, that's a clip of a like a black man from the seventies yelling "What the fuck!" and it's never been edited. Like, it's it is him saying "What the fuck," and it's never been edited for the radio. It's never been changed. It's just oh no. Some of these they can get they get away with. Like, um, I want to make I want to make you come up from hey ya. But, like, that's still not as explicit. And also, some Fair. radio stations will edit it. One of my favorite oh, things okay. is, like, you can tell you're listening to a legit classic rock station if they don't edit out the fuck at the end of Who Are You by The Who. Nice. Because, like, at the end of it, he yells, Who the fuck are you? And every now and again, you'll find a good classic rock station that won't edit it out. Anyway, back to EMF. <laughs> With the farty oh, scent. <laughs> I'm gonna smash the fucking place. <laughs> Jesse, Jesse, yes. these are yes. we talked about these being songs from ninety, not from the nineties, not nineteen eighty-two. I know, I know. Let's go back. This is fine. These guys desperately want to be part of the new wave, but there, yeah. there's a little bit. There's still some like modernism to it. Like I think they would have maybe been considered slightly ahead of their time as well, because it is very much. It's an interesting in between. Like it clearly sounds like some new wave stuff, but it also sounds like what we'll hear later in like Euro dance. Yeah. In in the mid '90s, it's very yeah. interesting. They were kind of in the perfect spot, but for whatever reason, I mean, they were fine in the UK. They had like nine ten uh top 40 hits um they had a song that i didn't even notice that hit 18 in the u.s called lies but i can't even click on it so i don't even know <laughs> if, anyone but if it doesn't have how a much, you know, article dedicated to it it doesn't count exactly <laughs> that's how you know what a one hit one is yes. you can only click on one <laughs> um so uh, no 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 so how much they love the word believe there was yep. unbelievable. This is I believe, and in 1995 they covered "I'm a Believer" by the Monkees. God, beating Smash. They Mouth believe to a it. lot. Or was that Smash Mouth? Yeah. yeah, that was Smash Mouth. Yeah, beating Smash Mouth uh, yes. to it. Yep. Um, it's it's a little awkward. I would say that I like the Smash Mouth version better, but you know. Um, 
But yeah, they love the word believe. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fine. Like the chorus isn't bad. Uh, honestly, I feel like if like the first forty five seconds, it's a little edgy the... for for new yeah, wave. Yeah, I feel like if the first forty five seconds didn't just sound like it, like they found it in the back of like Robert Smith's Descart like discarded songbook, it yes, would have yes. been better. Like if it didn't yeah. just sound like they were trying to emulate Fair. exactly something from nineteen eighty two. Uh, it probably right, would have right. hit more, but like, yeah, the first like 45 seconds of this song kind of kill it, which is something we yeah. found a lot in the 80s episode where like right. their second songs did not hit because like they just did, they weren't the what? openings weren't good, and you yeah. kind of live and die by that in the era of radio. Yes. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's it. uh that's yeah that's, that's about all we have from there. God again, can vividly remember listening to this song on the radio a lot at oh yeah that's all you need just that yep. opening brother fellas in the back sweet singers in the front cruising down the freeway in the hot hot sun suddenly red blue lights Flash us from behind Loud voice booming Please step out onto the line Ballet bridge words of comfort Sino just hides her eyes Policeman taps the shades And sell a Chevy 69 How bizarre How bizarre Listen It doesn't <laughs> shock me That this song was so popular In a post-cake world Cause this is some hellacious Sing-talking that cake paved the way for. I this is 1995. I think it's before cake. It's not. This is this this got play. This hit in like August 97. Oh, you don't think it hit in the year that it uh, came out? No, I looked it up on Wikipedia. I was okay. looking at Wikipedia. I'm, it I um, it okay, cool. hits. Let me see. Yeah, but cake yeah, makes it, a lot of sense. But yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, it was something like it hit like way after or something like that. But even so, they're from like, New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, um, even so, like Cake hit in like '94. Okay. Okay. Yeah, like '94, '96 is when Cake hit a lot. Um, but yeah, I think this song hit in America later, like 96, 97. But regardless. Uh, okay. It's... So yeah, because yeah, it was like... Because the music video hit big in America in 97 and 98. Okay, that's fair. Uh, but yeah, like it's... You know, yeah, uh, this got released as a single in America on the 25th of February, 1997. All right. Gotcha. But it came Damn. out, yeah, in 1995 in New Zealand. Uh, OMC, how bizarre. Uh, OMC, what OMC stands for? Yeah, the um, Otara Millionaires Club, because apparently yes. that's a bad district with yeah, no millionaires in it. It's like a huge slum in Auckland, New Zealand. So it's the same idea as Psy would have later for Gangnam Style, because yes. that was his influence for that song, too. Yes. was that idea. But yeah such a fun song like very 90s again like that you know trumpet's what? so good oh it's just yes. pleasant to listen to you just want to drive around with this song playing it's just oh absolutely so nice. this is the ultimate like driving off the coasts with your yep. top down 
Yep. And then we go into um, the only one to make any more money. Um, it was triple. This how bizarre was triple platinum in New Zealand. This song right on hit a number eleven New Zealand and made platinum. So it's by default to me. Yeah. Makes the most sense. Uh, they had a song in '97, but yeah. The trumpet again. The selling point. Yep. Talk singing. So, um... Oh, yeah. That is so, just, Cake like, makes a lot of sense. I didn't think about that. But you know what I kept thinking of when I was listening to both those songs? What's that? Is like, man, they lucked out that they did this before Santana came back into view. I could see that. Because, like, like they're, I, they're, I get I get Santana vibes very The much guitar so. is very, like... Yeah. The guitar and the trumpets is very, like, mariachi Latin-inspired. I can see that. Yeah, cool cool and smooth and stuff. Yep. And um, this is the only album they ever had, because it was just two dudes. And by 98 came around, they were fighting over the How Bizarre money so much they broke up. Of course. <laughs> yeah. God. Okay, so, so... This is pretty much... So, I was thinking earlier, this is a bit of a tangent. I was thinking of, because How Bizarre kind of occupies the same area in my mind as another song I'm sure we'll get to eventually, which is Steal My Sunshine by Lynn. Remember that song? I should? Like, that sounds familiar. You absolutely should. That was a huge hit in 1999. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about it today, and I was just like, all right, steal my sunshine. I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, it's by Lynn, right? Like, what do I know, Lynn? I know Lynn. Like, I, obviously, I know Steal My Sunshine. That was a huge hit, but I know that band name from something else because, like, that was their only hit. It's like a really fun, like, honestly, the singer on Steal My Sunshine is basically the dude from Smash Mouth. He sings pretty much the same way. Oh wow, it's a bit more. It's a bit more of a breathy Smash Mouth. But yeah. I was just like, what do I know them for? And so I looked, just like, I know, I've known that band forever. They covered fucking Kids in America for the yes. Digimon movie soundtrack. Oh my shit. Got before you. they hit it with Steal My Sunshine. This is like, no, this is like right after. Or, or yeah, yeah, they were, yeah. no, Steal My Sunshine. And Steal My Sunshine was released in like April of 99. So it was 99, like, yeah. they recorded it before they hit big. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I I, I, I I just put that together a few minutes ago because I was like, Lynn, fucking, where do I know Lynn from? Yeah. And then, yeah, it's fucking Kids in America on the Digimon movie soundtrack. Beautiful. Anyway, uh, 
hey well those would hear... be the two songs according to the uh chart i'm looking at <laughs> those would be the two songs we listen to because not shit charted else and under my rule of if you can click it it's part it's a hit uh kids in my kids in america is the only one that's highlighted besides steal my sunshine <laughs> yeah so uh, we can yeah we can drown in that that'll be fun uh anyway uh hey do you want to hear the worst parts of every nirvana song yeah let's let's go And I had so much time to sit and think about myself And then there she was Like double cherry pie Yeah, there she was Like disco super fly I smell sex and candy hair Who's that lounging? Okay, so yeah, this is a good song. So, are we in agreement that okay, like this is a good song? So, you think it's a good song? I've, I think I've it, never well, okay. liked it. All right, all right, look, let me rephrase. This is a fine song. That's no, fine. This is a song yeah. that if it comes on, I'm not upset. Though this might be Stockholm Syndrome because we've heard it a billion times since it came out. Exactly. Like, See, I never understood this song. I never liked it, but I I have this weird, silly thing. Of I don't like food and sex in general, and this title is called Sex and Candy, and yeah. it's in music, so it's like a quadruple problem for me. Like, it's, like I don't like songs that talk about sex. I don't like you yeah, know sex and food, and this is all of that. So it's the worst. Listen, listen. There's the fuck I, disco lemonade is. I will. I I grew up listening to too much Weird Al to go down the road of not liking songs about food with you. But no, 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 no. Songs about food is fine, but food okay. and sex. Is okay, the gotcha. issue. But yeah, it, yeah, it's literally like, sex and candy. And I every can't do time it. I listen to this song, I wait for it to hit the good parts in the like. I wait, like I always, I always think the chorus is going to be like way more upbeat and everything than it is. Like I keep waiting for the chorus to hit, and it never does. Because like, listen, Nirvana's <laughs> great, but most Nirvana songs followed a pretty strict formula of a very oh, yeah. low-key verse into a very boisterous chorus and it worked right. very well this song did not have that this was it's number just... eight in u.s fucking rc playground and i what year? can't believe it's number eight uh 97 the perfect yeah, post-grunge uh yeah. year yeah they're still um, like reaching out for that for that like next nirvana yeah but you know it's really weird like this i don't know I just don't like anything about the song. It's not that great. However, the next song I like way more, and it's more Nirvana than this one. Uh, let me see, because if I'm not mistaken, the next song just kind of made me feel the exact same way. Let's find out. i 
Yeah, this is like, way more Nirvana. Yeah, but the, it the chorus doesn't get there. Like, it gets it, right it's just it's edge. just the guitar. The guitar gets bigger. Oh um, my this god! Dude like, can't, no, like, I think this dude just refused yeah. to hit high notes. Because like, but um, it feels because like the guitar gets better, the drums you get more cymbals that come in. It's like all right, it's time for that chorus, and it just never gets there. Oh it's boy, just can't. like the worst like. Blue well, balls. oh my god. What, what's interesting is like musically they're very like catching Nirvana, but lyrically and vocally I think the dude's chasing more um uh, uh Pearl Jam. Pearl oh, Jam. Yeah. I, I, like especially like a... this one with the like awkward nobody talks about what happens to kids on the bus kind of stuff. Yeah. Which I can is see what that. this is, is yeah, St. Joe on the bus. Like I, I that's think... super Eddie Vader, like yeah. Jeremy spoke in class and stuff like that. I think a lot of it is all. Like, I get a very Stone Temple Pilots vibe from it, like that too. half, half the man and shit like that. Like right. it's like it's they are channeling Stone Temple Pilots, channeling Nirvana. Oh, so absolutely! It's like Stone Temple Pilots were bullshit. like the ultimate. Were they the they were the ultimate copy band that survived? Well, it's like, because they only had like hit, they only had like two songs that sounded a lot like Nirvana, and like some of their biggest hits were like unique enough. Yes, like. Totally true. Listen, until about a year ago, I deadass thought Half the Man was by Nirvana. Like, I thought that was a Nirvana song. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, um, this is definitely mostly better. Mostly because of the guitar. I like this uh, more than the yeah. other one. And um, again, this is a Nirvana guitar. Yeah. Because this is just like... song? Yeah. It's not Come remember. As You Are. It's the other one. Is it not Come As You Are? It Maybe it is Come As You Are. Let me check. But yeah. It, it just reminds me of the burner, but yeah. Yeah, I think it's just, uh, yeah, it's it's come as you are, uh, but yeah, okay. it is very much that where it's that. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, and that's why I like this way more way than better. Sex and Candy. It is way better than Sex and Candy, but it is still just yeah, Nirvana light. Care enough for whatever, because it's 1998 when yeah. this came out, and everybody was done by this point. Again, like, w what we'll see is these, like, alt bands and these post-grunge bands not make it because in 1998, one, oversaturation because every other band is hitting their stride before they peter out right this time. And this is the year of fucking chill because this is, where, this is yeah, this is the debut of and, Limp Biscuits album and Corn getting super big. Well, this is new metal hammering away what post grunge was for like yeah, three years. I was about to say, years. like, this is the release of Limp Biscuits' first album, but this is still like two years away from Limp Biscuit hitting because they hit right, right. with Chocolate Starfish. Um, no, absolutely. Well, that's when they were mega stars, but yeah, yeah they started, new metal itself yeah. started becoming but, but more also, prevalent. You had uh green day hitting with like this like punk revival and stuff oh, yeah. like harvey danger like it like rock music just moved on it was splintered a good yeah. bit yeah uh yeah which is not a bad thing uh next off i Oof, love this song, this song. means a lot this, to me <laughs> same this song is so good i always forget how long the intro is on the youtube videos like, there we go nope hit the wrong button <laughs> nope all right, let's try this again. <laughs> Take two. I really like this song. This next song. Yes, please. Oh.
god, this song is so good. Alright, so Blind Melon is is something different. Blind yep. Melon isn't big, to, in my opinion, because their lead singer died yep. the same year as their second album came out yep. of Drug Overdose. I think and here's something in case you die. didn't know. I think if their lead singer doesn't die, they're still, like, they, they have a resurgence and they're still relevant today. If that yeah. guy doesn't die. Absolutely, because... Um, I don't know if you knew this, but everybody but him, the the band, they were from Mississippi. I was about to say that's yeah. why I love them because they're homeboys. They're from West yeah. Point, Mississippi. But um, like, they did yeah. something no one else did, and they took that post grunge idea and they filtered it through bands like um, Led Zeppelin and Leonard Skinner. Yeah, it's that down home country. Yep. They, someone what? actually called it Southern psychedelia. What they were going oh, for? Oh man! Yeah. I, yeah. Um, this album hit four platinum. This fucking song, No Rain, is one of the best of his generation, I think. Like, um, you listen to this song sitting on your front porch with, like, a yeah. mason jar with some sweet tea in it. But, like, um, also... Yeah. Or coming home. Like, coming like, home for, like, the longest yeah, time. But, like, you're doing that while also, like, smoking a blunt. Because, like, oh, it's, yeah. you still, you can't, it can't be full-on Southern. But, yeah, yeah, right, they right. All, yeah, they're all they all from West Point, Mississippi. They're homeboys. West Point's about, I don't know, like an hour away from me, something like that. Maybe yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, uh, and they got their name from, like, a Mississippi blues man who is oh, who's named, like, Blind, I, okay. Blind Melon something. What, what I read was the guitarist dad was kind of, like, hated their neighbor hippies, and he would call them Blind Melons. Well, there's two things. Uh, he... They they got it from Mississippi hippies, right. but also it was a Blind Lemon Jefferson, uh, oh, okay. what's a blues artist, and in Cheech and Chong, there was a character named Blind Mel Blind Melon Chilton. So like That's it's awesome. like this like confluence a of, of a bunch of stuff with like the That's beautiful name Blind Melon, which is what this band is because they were like they were the past and the future. I think they were kind of a little bit. Like, if grunge stayed its course and didn't dissolve because, you know, Kurt Cobain died and Soundgarden yeah. quit, if grunge lasted, like, five more years, I think this band would have been, like, the fifth or something. Yeah. Um, again, also, if their singer didn't die. Yeah. Um, because um, from websites that I've gone on and stuff in a resurgence, both these albums, their debut and their second one, Soup, are praised. They're like, man, it's bullshit. These albums weren't talked about enough when they came out. They are very much retroly considered classics for the, the yep. decade like, in that at, era. At era. the time, uh, they got, like, they were praised. Like, they yeah. were, like, respected in their time among, like, music people. Yeah. Uh, but actually, it actually took a little while for the song to hit because, like, the, the, the album came out in 92 and sold really bad and it wasn't yeah. until mtv started playing the video yes that like it hit oh yeah that's mtv's power for sure uh-huh back in the day um so the second one is called tones of home this was their first actual single release and it yes. could have been this or it could have been the single of their second album galaxy they basically charted the same but galaxy has like a 50 second opening that doesn't fit like <laughs> Galaxy sounds really good. You should listen to Galaxy on on your own time if you want to. But um, Tones of Home makes more sense for what we're doing today. Yeah. Also, uh, West Point is two hours away from me. It was gonna bother <laughs> me if I couldn't correct that. <laughs> Give it a second. There we go.
Hear me out. Yeah. Blind Melon is uh -huh. country fried Primus. <laughs> a little bit with the did it, yeah. So, like, no, so not as heavy I on did? the bass because, yeah. like, because like, Blind Melon actually kind of revolutionized like the two guitar setup because like oh, they yeah. played two guitars different than everyone else. Yes, yes. Um, but like tone, you, tone differently, but the same notes. Yeah. If you take the bass out of Primus and put it in with the second guitar, this is like country fried Primus. It's I, I it's a really good that. song. What it's I, a really oh good yeah, song. this song's great. What I get from it is. Um, Again, it's it's still very post grunge, but it's like Leonard Skinner meets Rush post grunge, yeah, which is I can see baffling. That. Like the dude's vocal range is very good, and and I've heard again, I've heard these two albums; they're really good. And it sucks that like, yeah, the dude what could have been? Yeah, absolutely. This is the this is probably the ultimate what could have been band of yeah maybe the '90s, if not just this list for sure. But oh yeah, maybe the '90s. Yeah, yeah, like they had so much potential. But no, no rain means a fuck ton a lot to me. No rain is so good. Oh but, my god, it's so. But good. you can listen to anything they did. They did a cover, by the way, of Three is the Magic Number from Schoolhouse Rock. Really? And, yeah, and it's on a bunch of different like TV shows. So oh you can check man, that out. I think I've yeah. heard that. Um, uh, okay, from from here, uh, making executive decision. We talked about it. We're gonna listen to "Still My Sunshine" by Lynn. Oh sure, eleven songs is fine. It's 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 not gonna hurt anybody. No, it's yeah. <laughs> You're, there's no way you don't recognize hey, this man. song. Yeah, champ. Hey, you talked to Mark lately? Uh, I haven't really talked to him, but he looks pretty uh, down. <laughs> he looks pretty uh, down. Yeah, well, that bag maybe we can cheer him up. Yeah. Then. What do you uh, suppose we should do? Well. Does he like butter tarts? I was lying on the grass a Sunday morning of last week, indulging in my self defeat. My mind was thugged on least bugs, all twisted around the beat. Uncomfortable on three feet deep. Now the fuzzy stare from not being there on a confusing morning week. Again, this yeah, song no. is a banger. This, dude, dude, I don't know what's wrong with you, but this isn't this isn't Lynn. This is um, the Pixies covering uh, the Beatles. <laughs> but like, is that yeah, no. singer not just from the Smash Mouth school of singing? <laughs> like, it's a little too it's a little too butt raspy. But I get your point. It's yeah, very yeah, breathy. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, yeah, this song yeah, hit. Yeah in no. uh 99 um it hit but what? that's all i'm oh, sorry good are you in america oh. uk and canada and that's it yep <laughs> just those yep. three countries and that's it yep well because they're a canadian band <laughs> but, um, like number three on the top right. 40 in america like such a good song like i did not like i love it that as kids kid. in america cover though i did not like it as a kid for whatever reason Right, uh, right. But like, this feels like something only like angsty teenagers and adults would enjoy. 
this feels like something that only could have come out in the 90s like because it's so i don't want to say derivative but like there's a lot of different things going on here Stuff that are very on. similar yeah. to other things like it's a lot of like a 90s i think i said alt. it best <laughs> yeah it's like a lot of 90s all with a lot of 60s and stuff like that it's just a fun yeah. song again which it's a good I, song to drive to which i've always defended smash mouth that they were just literally this generation's or not this generation but that generation's monkeys or or a little bit of beach boys and stuff like they just love the 70s kind of surf stuff so much and that was it but yeah you know, well they're like they're, they're a like, meme now so it doesn't they're matter. they're no they're this generation's kokomo beach boys not this generation's pet <laughs> sounds beach boys oh no no or beach yeah, boys beach like boys no one like, is this generation yeah, because boys. because <laughs> it's it's very important if you uh, you have to differentiate the beach boys because there's a big difference i feel like between... it's obvious though because no one is this generation's pet sounds beach i mean just, boys. that was a still, thing on its own but still like there's a difference between That's what's fair. his face who's outside of his fucking mind and uh brian wilson who, and, who just wants to be inside his mind and no one will let him. Right? And <laughs> John Stamos playing drums. Uh, and because we have to round it out. Yes! I love this song! This is my childhood. This is my childhood. I haven't listened to this song in 12 years and I still know every word. Japan. Japan. <laughs> good job that thank was you great um, all right because it was digimon they yeah no, no, well actually no in digimon the movie they do go to america i forgot point, about yeah. that that's but probably yeah, why they if, play yeah if you had the vhs of digimon the movie you could fast forward through the credits and they had a music video for this song after yes the credits on that VHS. they did man they stuffed that thing so much There's you know, so much that's stuff. technically that's that you know that's technically three Digimon yeah. movies that they splice together to yeah, make one it's story. Like, it's like the intro is its own movie, uh, yep. of like yep. fucking uh, Gurumon or not Gurumon, Greymon versus yeah. the other thing, and then you have the second movie, which was like the internet getting infected and Ty and Izzy having to go in, and then the yeah. third part is all the kids from the second season second going generation. to America uh, to find what's his face, with just gorgeous animation. That movie yeah, is that beautiful. Like so yeah, and much I, better. I already talked about that. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, because because the guy they got to do it, he's amazing. He's done a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. He's really good. I can't remember his name, but I think I talked about him last time. Probably. Um, God. Yeah. But, what a what a. I I can't make any declarative statements about that movie <laughs> because like it's like what a movie like, that I love not, a lot. Yeah. Like, the like the day, yeah, it's kind of not matters. good, but it's yeah. But yeah. Um, but Mamoru Hosoda, mm -hmm. everybody look up who he is and watch anything he's ever made, period. Is he's there one anything of the best on that Japanese list? anime film directors? Is there anything that I would that would stick out to me as someone who isn't um, super big into anime? Uh Summer Wars, uh The Boy and the Beast, Wolf Children, uh The Girl Who Leapt Through Time. Um that's it. Uh he, okay. he also did literally the best One Piece 
movie because none of those movies have anything to do with canon but this one is so like extra dark and fucked up and it's it's so good like by itself like i i would argue but you know i'm a super hard one piece fan that you could watch just this movie and nothing else and you could get all that you need out of it damn um, all that's right just the kind of guy he was yeah he i'll is. check that out because like stuff. the fucking the, the animation of the digimon movie is incredible it's great uh, yeah. so that's lynn like, who were a very big one hit wonder in the late 90s yeah. um and now we are going to uh well anyway here's, here's wonderwall damn this song's better than wonderwall you're not yeah you're right it is Sorry, I was like trying to tell you this. Lead ins forever, so real quick. Oh, yeah, um, but like it's Bittersweet Sympathy by it's... The Verb. Yeah. God. Um, do you know the story about this song, about that sample? Uh, no. Isn't it like a Rolling okay. Stones sample? So, no, this song is written by Mick Jagger. It's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but more specifically, it's an orchestral version that the fucking producer and uh, manager of the Rolling Stones did himself uh, basically to make more money. Um, and the Verve, like, got permission to do this, but when the song came out, he's like, you guys used too many notes that we didn't agree on, I'm suing you. That's and right. Got all the money from them, That's from this right. song. And, 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 um, uh, Dagger and, um, oh, the other guy, uh, R R uh, Richards, Keith Richards. Keith Richards specifically said it's really screwed up that he took all the money from them, because if they could make a better song with it, they should keep the money. Yeah, that's who the Rolling Stones are. They it had nothing to do with them. It had to do with their asshole uh, yeah. manager who made this orchestral version of a bunch of their songs just so he could make more money because it had nothing to do with them either. And yeah. then he sued the Verb. It's really shitty. Uh, so um, is that why Mick Jagger funnily, has a writing credit for the song? Yes. Okay. He, they he he basically did a roundabout way in order. It's like no, the boys want blah 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 for this too and yeah. Richards was like no no we didn't we had nothing to do with it um, he, he literally said that's some lawyer shit <laughs> yeah um, that's wild but yeah fun this song doesn't it's still hit good. It's still this song, song doesn't hit without Oasis like this oh song no 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 um, funnily enough in the near. 90s um Oh yeah, in the '90s documentary, they specifically said in order the Brit Britpop invasion with Oasis, Verve, and Blur, and I was like, hey, yep, yep. Um, also, no, you want to talk? So, go yeah. ahead. No, you go. Well, well, I was gonna leave in the next song because this is all like the good parts of Oasis, and uh -huh. the next song is all the boring yep. parts of Oasis. <laughs> like I immediately thought, man, yeah. this is Oasis, not good. Yeah. Um, 
I almost made a second executive decision, or that would have been the first executive oh decision when you sent me this list, because I was like, how are you going to put the Verve on this list and also and not also include the Verve Pipe, who were also another big one-hit wonder in the yeah. 90s? Yeah, because like, I listen, didn't... Listen. Next, I, next time. Listen. We can't forget about the Verve slash the Verve Pipe Wars from the 90s. People died. <laughs> we'll do the Verve Pipe next time. Like, that was so, already the plan. We shouldn't have to die for these sins. We were only <laughs> freshmen. <laughs> anyway, here's Wonder Window. Alright, I'm gonna go take a nap. You just <laughs> let me know. Yeah, it gets I'll... interesting. Okay, so I will text you when the song is over. I appreciate it, thank you. Because the oh. next song's really good, but you know, this is... Um, they talk This actually hit number one in the UK, while Bittersweet Symphony only hit number two. Like a cat in a bag. I'm sorry, I just needed something Damn. interesting. A shot of adrenaline. Um, they had a song God, called... What yeah, a it's boring, boring song. It is very boring. It never oh changes. That never changes. That's a four-minute song, and what you just heard doesn't change. Oh, my God. They had God. a song after that called Lucky Man, which is a little more peppy and upbeat, and I wanted to pick that one, but it was number seven, and it only made gold while they, that, that one made platinum, and, you know, following rules, God. blah, blah, blah. What a fucking... But, Boring. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> the drugs don't work is the name of the song, and neither does the song. I, <laughs> I, yeah, hate that song so much. It's just so... it puts too much effort to hate it. But yeah, <laughs> it's, it's that too song. Much. It it's the cardinal sin of like pretty much any art you can make. It <laughs> thinks it's more important than it is. <laughs> Like, I can imagine, like, like Neil Young in a coma could make a more interesting song. God. It, it's like, because that's the thing. It's like, it's the same problem you have with a lot of, you know, it's a, it's a tale as old as time. It's just the idea that, like, oh, hey, uh, like, something becomes important. Oh, jeez, you see what that song did to me? Something becomes <laughs> yeah. important. It doesn't start important. And they thought yeah. that that song was important. But Why? also, it's the, like, super catchy, upbeat song first, and then emotional ballad second. You don't have yep. to follow that fucking rule. Yep. Also, Bittersweet Symphony ain't that upbeat. I, I mean, mean the strings save that song. No, no, don't get me wrong. It's, that is a very, like, slow, sweeping song, but it works because it is this larger-than-life, like, masterpiece. Dun, 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 yeah, it's dun, great. Dun, dun, it's dun, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, it. And I've listened to that song for, like, ever as well. You know what, Jesse? Oh no. What? We need a shot of adrenaline. What is oh, give it to me. Oh yes, baby. Don't hurt me. Let's bathe in your light, Hadaway, please. If you can listen to this song 
and not feel anything. No, <laughs> if you can listen to this song and not do the fucking Night at the Roxbury head yes. move, I don't want to know you're, you. You ain't no friend of mine. Uh, like, also, this song is super relevant to me right now because I am, like, near the end of, like, a 30-hour audiobook that is the oral history of Saturday Night Live. <laughs> That's And dope. so... Yeah, so, like, there's this whole, yeah, going through the whole, talking about the movies and Night at the Roxbury and this and that and the other and Will Ferrell. So, like, this song has just been on my mind lately. This song oh. is so good. So fucking Um, so, let me ask you something. Uh, the part, the dun, dun, you know, I always thought that that was, like, a direct connection, like, a, a sample takeaway from uh, Soft Sales, uh, Tainted Love. I could see dun, that. Dun, but it's not because I can't find anything on that. But I had always thought that's what that was. And I thought that was like a brilliant thing. <laughs> it's called What is Love and Tainted yeah. Love. And I just, I don't know. I thought that was ingenious. But as far as I know, that was not intentional yeah, no, at all. I, I, I think that was just a happy accident. But I, I always thought that up until like a couple months ago. Because <laughs> I listen to this song all the time. Love this fucking song. This so, is, I love Eurodance. Eurodance is my favorite like EDM thing. Yeah. Um, this and Prodigy and stuff like that. Like the music yeah. for every video game trailer in like the early 2000s. Like it's so good, but as is the problem with a lot of EDM, it's very similar. Kind of made the same song again. Except. They made the same song again, except with the freaking Mortal Kombat theme in the background. We use organs this time. Like, this song <laughs> is entertaining. This song comes on in a club. It's a perfect club song. Yeah. But it's just it the is what same is thing. Yeah. Like... Um, I can't care though because it's Hathaway and like I had a feeling I would still love it regardless. Um, I I won't say I love them equally because Was Love has so much history to it, but I instantly am like, nope, I'm into this. This is I'm, oh yeah. I'm sold. Like again, this isn't a song I'm gonna search out, but if I right. like if it you know if it plays on the radio or if I come across it or something like that, it's fine. I'm not gonna yeah. turn it off. And it uh it hit number two in Germany the same as What Is Love because you know Hathaway is of course German. it did. <laughs> um yeah. And it didn't do as well, but it did better than everything else. <laughs> Pretty close. Yeah. Um, the only one, interestingly enough, the only uh, countries that What Is Love wasn't in the single digits was U.S. with 11 and Australia with 12. Huh. And then this song is in the single digits for every single country again, except U.S. 41 and Australia 34. <laughs> Australia's so, not here for it. They're they're with us. They're like, yeah, man, let's let's just blow. Let's leave this party. It's not that don't, right. Don't. <laughs> Why not? I can Cause, do it. Because because I, I don't. Because <laughs> I understand that I can't. Oh man, that's sad. You're the American. You're the American. I'm the Australian. It's fine. No, no, we're both the Americans. <laughs> we're both the. Americans. I'm not appropriating. It was a joke. I, no, I'm not saying you're I know, appropriating. I, I'm just I saying know, it wasn't a very good accent. <laughs> Speaking of accents. <laughs> Oh. 
So like, nobody knows the name of this song or the name of this band. Tub thumping, tub thumping by Chumbawamba. I've always known that. I remember I've known that since I was a kid for whatever reason. Again, this is another song. Super silly. I can vividly remember listening to on the radio on the way to school in the morning. But yeah, it's like so. This song is just like. Like, it just hit. It's just a karaoke yep. song. Like, it's just oh, yes. a fun song to yell. Um, the history of Chumbawamba is super interesting. They, they are, are hardcore uh, an, anarchists. Yes, hard, hard anarchists. Ancro-punk, anarcho-punk, whatever you want to call it. And they all, always kind of sound like this, but their whole goal is they don't give a fuck if, you know, they made the radio. And a lot of their songs, as catchy as this one could be are like lyrically specifically don't vote for this um bill or don't vote for this act or clause or something there are yeah. multiple songs they have like that um here's the real reason uh chumbawamba didn't get any bigger than this um because again they've always sounded like this but their whole like fighting the mainstream blah blah is because when fans said that they sold out because they moved to emi records yeah lead singer said very specifically he's like we're still making the same music we still believe in the same thing we just want to actually make money because we know that the smaller companies are still going to steal from us but they can't make as much money for us as we know we can and but we're still the same people we still are happy when cops die Jesus Christ. And the, yeah, and the entire country was pissed and EMI told them they had to apologize and they said go fuck yourselves. <laughs> they Boy. didn't. They cuz they were like no, we're still anar- punk anarchists. We're not going to apologize for shit. We're going to say what we feel like. And they're like we're, we don't have parties, but when they stop, you know, beating and abusing people in their homes, then maybe we won't maybe we'll be a little more upset when they get what they deserve. <laughs> God damn, fight yeah. the power. Yeah. As poppy as possible, too, yep. which is amazing. Yeah, like, that song was just ubiquitous. Like, that was, what, 97, 98? Yep. Like, yep. you couldn't go anywhere immediate. Yep. without Number hearing that song. Number six in the U.S., two in the U.K., like, one in Canada and Australia, but it was fucking just there. Huge. So great. Huge. And then there. The follow-up on the same album. That's, uh, yeah, I could, yeah, like, it's, it's like a fun yeah. club song. Well, you know, again, how, uh, Anarchy is punk they are. Do you know what this song's about? No. So the chorus, turn it up a minute. So, yeah, that chorus is just, do you suffer from long-term memory loss? Which makes me think, just because I saw it recently with my girlfriend, Devil Wears Prada, where she goes, uh, did you smack your pretty little head on the pavement? Or do you not yeah. remember? 
because this song was directly about um, Tony Blair um, creating the new labor movement in the late 90s. Oh, Which wow. apparently was considered like a big betrayal for leftist yeah. workers and stuff. Yeah. So it was like the, the second coming of Margaret Thatcher who ruined all that yeah. shit. Yeah. So that's why this song is called Amnesia. That's so good. <laughs> Fucking, yeah. That's, this is what these guys did up until they broke up in 2012. They have a fuck ton of albums. They have one that's, they have an album title that's the longest in history. Um, that is a whole paragraph you can read, but um, it's just called The Boy Bands Have Won. Is oh, Jesus. Thing. Yes, but it's an entire, like, manifesto paragraph. The actual The Boy Bands Have Won, and all the copyists and the tribute bands and TV show talent producers have won. If you allow our culture to be shaped by mimicry, whether from lack of ideas or from exaggerated respect, you should never try to freeze culture. What you can do is recycle that culture. Take your older brother's hand-me-down jacket and restyle it, refashion it to the point where it becomes your own. But don't just regurgitate creative history or hold art and music and literature as fixed, untouchable, and kept under glass. The people who try to guard any particular form of music are, like the copyists and manufactured bands, doing the worst disservice. Because the only thing that you can do to music that will damage it is not change it not make your own because then it dies then it's over then it's done and the boy bands have won <laughs> boy yep i have never heard someone love the smell of their own farts that much i now like chumbawamba so much less get over yourselves i oh man it's just like there's such a novelty to it for me though like, I'm just like no that God is damn. them that is them just doing their best to attempt to suck their own dicks like, oh absolutely is, but, oh but, my god but the 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 thing is for them they probably 100 percent are aware of that and don't give a fuck what you think is oh i know but you know what else line. you know what chumbawamba is you know who they're super you know who the members of chumbawamba super into banksy like who? that is some i am 14 and this is deep shit like it is just <laughs> the most like Oh my god, get over yourselves. Like, yeah, congratulations. Why don't you tell me how, like, oh yeah, tell me more about how reality TV is riding our brains. Fuck all. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Jesus all right. Christ. Those are the people mm, that <laughs> watch American Vandal season two. There's a guy on that show. They're, those are the people who, oh, those are the people who really like Ricky Gervais and like, <laughs> Like, have you ever seen the Ricky Gervais magazine cover where he is, like, meant to look like Jesus on the cross, but his arms are draped around a microphone-like stand, oh, and damn. on his chest it says the word atheist. Like, those people have that as a poster in their damn. dorm room. I mean, I, I like Ricky Gervais, but yeah, that's a like those, much. Like, those, those people really like Tyler Durden. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Uh, there's really only no, one... No, they probably never even seen Fight Club because it no. made too much money. No, 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 no. They haven't seen Fight Club, but they'll still tell everyone how right Tyler Durden is. Mm, maybe. Well, All but, right. Yeah, but no, let's because go. Like, that's... Like, there's no, only one place we can end this. Let's get uh, to the fun. Yeah, there's only one place... Keep with you made me... You just... I you did not. Make... You started reading no, it. Listen, you started reading it. That was all on you. Don't you listen, put that on me. me I wasn't going to read it. I wasn't going to do anything. I just wanted to bring up that let it's me... considered the longest one. Let me rephrase. You didn't uh. make me read it, but you you made me have you made me have fucking morbid curiosity. 
Stop blaming other people for your problems. I could not <laughs> look it up and... Yeah, okay. Smell your own farts or blame your farts on other people, huh? 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 Anyways. <laughs> oh my god, Becky, look at her butt. It is so big. She looks like one of those rap guys' girlfriends, but... You know, who understands those rap guys? They only talk to her because she looks like a total prostitute, okay? I mean, Welcome to our Hot Wives of Atlanta podcast. So I can't believe it's just so round. It's like out there. I mean, gross. Look. She's just so black. I like big butts and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. Yeah, when a girl walks in with an itty bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you get sprung. Cause you notice that butt was stuck Deep in the jeans she's wearing I'm hooked and I can't stop staring Oh baby, I wanna get with ya And take your picture My whole boy's trying to warn me But that butt you got makes me so horny Ooh, romp a smooth skin You say you wanna get in my bins Well use me, use me Cause you ain't that average groupie I seen her dancing To hell with romance and she's sweat God. Fucking, I... What a good right. song. So, <laughs> this song Another. is utter gutter trash, and I'm, I, you want to, tr- you want to like, set me up to fail, man? You play the song, I will start dancing no matter what. I'll Another. stare you down and tell you how much I hate you and just dance like a motherfucker. This is another karaoke banger. Oh, yes. It's, uh... Like, this song is horrible and trashy and perfect. It's, um, yeah. God. I love... Like, like, I love this song so ironically, I love it unironically again. <laughs> it's fucking stupid amazing. And, I don't know, there's just a level of gall to this song for existing. But it's kind of yeah. positive near the end. Like, the second half is like, man, it's okay if you're fat, you got a big ass, yeah! Yeah. That's, that's kind of empowering in a weird-ass way. God, what a good song. What a weird thing. Yep. Again, Double this platinum is... number one in the U.S. Just fucking Sir Mix-A-Lot. The legacy forever. 90s. 92. Just bop. Even white boys got a shout. God. And so from... So his other song... Yeah. So, okay. Real quick. I kind of cheated. Because um, I listened to um, the song that technically charted the highest on the U.S. rap called Beepers from 1989 and it was super bad and I didn't like it. And then I listened to this song. And I was like, you know what? This is probably the closest to maybe. I was about to say, this ain't that good. <laughs> um, this is way better than Beepers in my opinion. Beepers is not good. But um, I don't know. I like this song more because, you know, you were talking about the Beastie Boys doing sampling with guitar and stuff. And I think this is what saves this song. I can see um, it. One time's but, got no case. It was the song uh, before yeah. Baby got back off the same. Here's the question: Do you know what one time is? Uh, probably not. Uh, one time is you refer to the cops as one time because if you look at them more than once, that uh, like you have you can't double take. You look at a cop once and you look away because if you look back, it significantly increases the chances that they will find you suspicious Damn. and like, pull you over and stuff like that. So like you'll see people like. You know, if you watch movies, stuff like that, you'll see people driving around. Somebody will say one time, 
And so that's just like a heads up. There's cops. Wow. Here. Don't look, but there's cops. So speaking of, wow. So speaking of that makes me think another part of uh, watching the nineties documentary on TV, they're talking about Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and like mm-hmm. one of the most important episodes where they got was, pulled over. Um, yeah. When they got pulled over yeah. and they show that whole thing. And what's the cousin's name? Daryl or Car- Carlton. Yeah. Um, and just the way he acted and realized yeah. and everything like, that was pretty. So we were going too slow. Isn't that what it was, dad? We were just driving too slow. God. Yeah, so bad. Every rap song has to have an intro. Very nineties. Early. What you pulling me yeah. over for, Mister Officer? I'll be asking the question. Officer? Man, my name ain't Leroy, man. <laughs> All right, Jerome, out of the car. Man, why I gotta be Jerome, man? Why can't I be Tommy or Filbert or something? Just put your hands on the hood, Muhammad. It's the man that you love to hate. Coming out of Washington State. Cops don't like my profile. Cause Mix a lot takes much style. So the man is on my trail. He wanna take Mix to jail. If he does, I make the bail. Cause I know a lot of rich females. I'm shaking them just like this. Keeping that portion fifth. King County, even when a young brother's legit, so they follow me wherever I go. I am on the radio with a scanner that I bought from the store. Cause a brother like Mix gotta know I'm checking them cops with radar. They don't believe I'm a rap star. Cause my brain is up to par. And I'm ready when they follow my car. I know they wanna spray me with mace. Cause my trunk keep pumping much bass. But they best get out of my face. Cause one time's got no case. Give it to me. Like, I, I, I see what you're saying with, like, the samples and stuff like that. Like, the beat and everything's really good in this song. That's you know, about is it, the only what, thing. Is yeah. it really good in this song? Sir Mix-A-Lot. You know what this reminds me of? Yeah. This reminds me of Young MC. Or not Young MC. This reminds me of, like, an It Takes Two. Or, like... Yes, yes, absolutely. Like, the first um, song, great flow, good rap, sounded great. And the second song is just super awkward and stuttery and it's, like, Baby's first rap song. Yeah. Um, absolutely, like it's not good. Um, none of none of them are. Nothing comes close to what Baby Back Got Back is. But Baby Got Back isn't really about anything but it being just bombastic as fuck and going all in on its concept. It was um, like Baby Got Back was just like it was almost like a counterculture thing. It was like this oh, is yeah. so out there and so weird and never should be successful, but the people made it successful anyway because it was never supposed to be there. Yep, absolutely. I which agree. is a very early, which um, is a very early '90s thing. Yes, absolutely. Because again, this was before the grunge explosion, or right at. Yeah. '92. Because like, Nevermind um, was '92, so wasn't just it? Picking out something. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, no, Nevermind was late '91. So yeah, about this time. Oh yeah, '91. I keep forgetting it was a little earlier than that. Right. But um. Yeah, I just, I don't know, something was like, man, we need to end this on Sir Mix-A-Lot. Not for this song, but definitely for Baby Got Back, because it's absolutely. I awesome. I had a moment of thinking, like, should I play these out of order so I can play the good one last? Uh, but no, <laughs> What was yeah, the good one? Give Sir Mix-A-Lot. No, like, oh, yeah, flip yeah. these two songs. Oh, like, yeah, we're going to yeah. do no, the second you, yeah. song first. But, like, yeah, and so, yeah, I totally understand why it's not, uh, why it didn't get played, why it didn't hit. Yeah, it was like number but 10 yeah. on the U.S. rap, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, he never really charted much after Boo got back, like, at all. Um, 
Yeah, that's about it. The uh, yeah. the ninety the nineties is just about God, keeping the up 90s. with the radio, keeping up with the albums, yep. and but we had like three turns of genre. This was know? like way more varied than the eighties. Oh, one. absolutely. Like the eighties one, like all the songs hip-hop were kind of similar. Like really yeah. started. This is where because this is NWA is at the tail end, like nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, and then they go in, and then you have uh, Tupac and Biggie. And so everyone is going to try to keep up with that stuff. And um, something I didn't realize or think about, after Tupac and Biggie died, you know who ushered in basically the rap uh, style that we know in the 2000s? Puff Daddy? Puff Daddy, yeah, look yeah. at you. Um, because yeah. he's the one that started with um, the guest appearances in yeah. um, the oh, choruses yeah, like fucking... with like Faith Hill and stuff. Yeah, and uh, um, fucking... Like, uh... Um, I'll be watching you like sampling all those songs yes. and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, oh so he yeah, he started that style right after because um he made an album that was basically his eulogy yep. to um Biggie and that's he all and Biggie that stuff were was. So close, yeah. So Puff, you know, Puff Daddy is the reason why things are the way they are. Yeah, like it, Puff Daddy does from... not like he's just like so prolific with so many different things. He doesn't get the credit he deserves. Yeah, absolutely. Because like, No Way Out was his first album. And yeah. that's where I'll be missing you came from. Yeah. All about the Benjamins was on that. Like he really like gave hip hop a shot in the arm. Well, more money, after... more problems. He had yeah, to, um, kind of splice yeah. together. Yeah, because because uh, Biggie was on that song. Yeah, and like yeah, also find something. Also, like Jay Z was on that album. Like before Jay Z really hit. Oh yeah, like, absolutely. Because was... he. Because he released In My Lifetime Volume 1 after this album. After yeah. Puff Daddy's No Way Out. Yeah. So, like, um, he, like, open, he like introduced Jay-Z to the world, pretty much. Oh, absolutely. Um, Jay-Z's whole thing is, I came in right around the time that Biggie got killed, and I'll never fully, like understand beyond that like i admired that dude more than anything yeah. and i wanted to live up to him yeah that is why jay-z is the way he is yeah and so yeah like yeah puff daddy does not get the credit he deserves yeah, so like hip-hop he... blew up like that on that side and then yep. you had female uh music period with like you know lance morissette and jewel and then, jewel man yeah um, i didn't think about this um, again, the documentary pointed this out. This is when country became what we know it today as well. Faith with, Hill, Shania um, Twain, yeah, and um, Garth uh, Brooks. Yeah, Garth Brooks apparently was the most like collectively highest selling artist of the nineties. And I didn't Garth know Brooks was like, it's very easy to forget how he was a super big mega, mega Garth fun. Brooks was. Garth Brooks put on a concert in a ninety seven or ninety eight in central park in new york and when i say in central park i mean basically the whole park yeah there were yeah, yeah, yeah. hundreds of thousands of people there in new york yep. to see garth yep. brooks garth right? brooks fucking was the garth biggest like brooks. honestly we don't talk about that as much garth brooks was the biggest musician in the 90s like yes. no one was more popular than garth brooks in the 90s yeah no because one. yeah we don't think about it because he's like he didn't get out of the 90s really yeah uh, like, close second, Chris Gaines. Yeah. Do you, um, do you know who Chris Gaines is? No. <laughs> oh my god. I you don't know who Chris Gaines is? I Chris Gaines was Garth Brooks's alter ego rock star. 
Garth oh, Brooks God. like had like put out a rock album under the name Chris Gaines. He hosted an episode of Saturday Night Live with the musical guest Chris Gaines. That's damn. yeah. Look up Chris Gaines. It is fascinating. I am. This is strange. it is. It's so weird. So yeah, country became what we know. Garth Brooks was a super megastar, like outselling Celine Dion, who was pretty fucking huge in the nineties. Um, and then metal had a lot of weird, hard underground metamorphoses, but then new metal was the important thing to get after grunge. So there was like, it was like six, seven genres that got pushed into the spotlight for yeah. at least a year or two during yeah. the nineties. The most dense, I think, of any decade. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a fascinating decade. I'm very excited to dig more into these. Yeah. Because, like, one-hit wonders are kind of a perfect snapshot of, like, Where musical we trends and stuff like that. Because yeah. usually they are all a, a somewhat reflection of what was popular at the time. And that's the reason they were popular. And yes. the reason why they didn't have life beyond. Because they were popular because of, not because of, like, the song, but because of the world around the song. Like yes. the song, the bands that lived on were the ones who set the status quo, and the one hit wonders are the ones that just kind of fell into the status quo. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm very excited to dig For more sure. into that. Uh, you know what we're doing next week? Do you have any ideas? We'll get to that later. I've already um, thought about yeah, it. Yeah, we're uh, we the uh, the M- the next MCU movie. Oh yes, so that would uh, be down. So that'd be uh, Guardians of the Galaxy two, Spider Man Homecoming, and Thor Ragnarok. Three very so good movies. Next, yes. Um, kind of like, I wouldn't say revitalizations, but definitely like they were the perfect amalgamations of it was. Characters. It was the it was the perfect like signal that like hey, we're nine years in and it feels like every month some fucking head ass entertainment writer somewhere is writing the article about oh are Marvel movies done and like <laughs> no here right. we go. Here's two of the best we've put out in Homecoming and Ragnarok, and they're different from anything we've made before. And like, we still got it, so maybe fuck off. Like, we know what we're and doing. I actually like Guardians two more than one. We'll talk. I about that. don't. Uh, That's fine. Uh, but yeah, um, so. Uh, you know, everybody watch the new Aquaman trailer because they fucking. Yeah. 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 The new Aquaman trailer. It? Yes, I have. They put him in the suit. They did. They put him in the so suit. So fucking dope. Like, uh, man. Yeah. Uh, watch Vice, because Vice is terrifying. The Vice trailer looks so great. It's Adam McKay, uh movie about Dick Cheney. Uh, very Christian much fucking in, Yeah, very much in the vein of the big short. Um, then we've got, what, Daredevil trailer, Bullseye, and all that, uh, and what have you. Uh, into the Spider-Verse. That in the Spider-Verse trailer. Oh, my God. Yes. Um, oh, the my Creed God. The 2 trailer was great. Uh, they... So that that was about a week ago. Yep. Um, I am praying for. Yeah. Are you? Je- and they Jesse pushed it back to April, January. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah. sorry. No, you cut out. Sorry. Oh. Uh, I think I we hear, had a little bit of I lag. I hear something in the background. I don't know what you're like. talking about. Go on. Yeah. Um, so you're hearing things. 
the Hellboy trailer is what I hope exists very soon. And yeah. I'm going to go see Venom, and I'll let you know if... Have you seen, like, the, the turnaround on Venom? Because the week leading into it, people were like, this is one of the worst things, blah, blah, blah. Then Thursday night hit, and it made a shit ton of money, and all the fans and people were like, oh, no, it's not even a superhero film. It's secretly a blah, 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 and it's supposed see, to be bad kind of I, stuff. I, I so don't know. We'll I don't see. care. Uh... <laughs> Like, I don't give a shit what, like, what number it's, it has on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, I saw some of this. It's with, just the backtrack like, that's very hilarious to me. I right saw now. some of this on Twitter, actually, from a couple of people that I follow and have since muted. Uh, <laughs> it's just this idea of, like, people are like, oh, good job, Sony. Way to fuck up this character. Like, you haven't seen this movie. You're just listening right. to stuff regurgitated by people on Twitter. You're right. hearing third-hand bullshit from somebody who follows somebody who follows somebody who follows somebody who watched the movie who said it was okay and that means that it's the worst thing ever made like it's this idea that things aren't allowed to just be fine and entertaining anymore everything has to be capital g great and has to reinvent the wheel it's not enough just to be entertaining like it's and let me tell you i'm the kind of guy uh when i saw the rotten tomato score it made me want to go see it more (laughs) like i just don't i've stopped looking because like Rotten Tomatoes has ruined, like, the conversation around film. Because, like, because so much of that, so many of those conversations, so many podcasts, so many Twitter conversations, so many friends bullshitting, you talking about a movie, one of the first things that comes up is, well, it's got this on Rotten Tomatoes, who cares? This, like, it's the idea of assigning number to art. And it's the idea of assigning that number, like, assigning value to art. Like, you can't do that. And it's the like Rotten Tomatoes is this binary thing. It is fresh or it is rotten. And people view that as it has value, it has no value, which is bullshit. It's the it's the worst. It frustrates me to no end. So, so what you're saying is that the boy bands have won. All right. Good night. I'll see you next time. <laughs> Open up the champagne. Pop. It's my house. Come on. Turn it up. Uh. Hear a knock on the door and the night begins. Cause we've done this before, so you come on in. Make yourself at my home, tell me where you've been. Pour yourself something cold, baby, cheers to this. Sometimes you gotta stay in, and you know where I live. Yeah, you know what we is. Sometimes you gotta stay in.